The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the fighter versus the writer. I'm Damon Martin. He is UFC legend Matt Brown. Matt, what's going on? Everything's going on, bro. Fucking great day, man. Sun shining, well, the wind raining, whatever. Fucking <laughs> got to work in and had some good fun. Did a lot of work today, so it's a good day to be alive. Yeah, I guess so. We had like tornado warnings here in Ohio like earlier today. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. It's always fun to hear. What was it? Tornadoes? Yeah, tornado warnings. I didn't see any. I don't know if they were actually in there, but they had said tornado warnings with like the weather outside. I was like, oh, that's always fun. Yeah, that's Midwest for you, bro. That's <laughs> a guaranteed part of life there. I think we get we must get the worst fucking weather anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's so we get, it's we get, so- we get snowstorms, blizzards, <laughs> hail, sleet, tornadoes, like blistering heat. Like we can, we must have the worst weather next to uh, anywhere. Like even like Alaska, like that is so cold all the time. But it's just cold all the time. <laughs> I, it's funny. <laughs> I always tell I always tell people if you don't like the weather in Ohio, just wait till tomorrow. It'll be completely different. Like that's the thing about Ohio. Yeah. Like, do we had like it was the middle of June? What was it last week? And it was like freaking fifty two degrees. Like it dropped down like yeah. dramatically colder. And it was like rain. And I was like, what the hell's going on over here? And then like it back up to this week. It was like 90 again, 85 again. I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, that's Ohio weather. Yeah. See, I take that same quote. I say, if you don't like today's Ohio weather, don't worry. It'll suck worse tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I always laugh when like I talk to friends who live in Vegas or whatever. And they're like, oh, man, it's so cold out here right now, man. I had to get out the winter coat. I was like, how cold is it? Like, it's like 62. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> you, 62. I was like, what are you, 62? That's balmy in the winter in Ohio. Yeah, no shit, right? It is a different eating though with I, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I that too. <laughs> yeah. When people, like when, pe- when people leave, memory. yeah, when people leave here and they move other places, that's when they start talking about, it. they're like, oh man, it's so cold or it's so hot here. And I'm like, dude, do you not remember what it was like here in the Midwest? Like, trust me, it's way worse here. I promise you. Yeah. But it's a fucking weather. Who cares? You know, that's some pussy shit. I hate when people whine about the weather. That's true. That's true. I, I only whine about it in the winter. Is, is I don't care the about the summer. Thing, right? When you, when you're around someone fucking complaining about the weather, you're like, bro, shut the fuck up. Like, I got to <laughs> deal with it. You got to deal with it. If you don't like it, fucking move somewhere else. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So you were, uh, you were traveling this weekend. You were on the, the road. You, no, it's fine. I hate, I only, I only <laughs> bitch and complain during the winter. Trust me. During the winter, I bitch and complain only because I'm like, getting, I'm so over the cold. I don't care about the hot. Hot doesn't somewhere. bother me. But. We do. We do the podcast on Zoom. Move somewhere else, Damon. That's true. That's true. I could do that. I could do that. You don't have uh, kids. No, that's true. I don't. Although, although the housing market ain't exactly great right now to move anywhere. So, uh, unless you, unless you're, unless you're, uh, unless you're walking around with uh, Mark Zuckerberg money, and we'll talk about Mark Zuckerberg today. Uh, well, unless you're walking around with that kind of money, you ain't moving anywhere right now. Uh, unless you go to maybe I don't know Oklahoma. Yeah, I'll stay in Ohio. Nebraska, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay in Ohio. Uh, yeah, I'll stay in Ohio. You went to you went to Michigan this weekend. How was Michigan? Michigan was awesome, man. What a, I went to a great gym up there, Black Lion Jiu Jitsu, where James, uh, had a great time with those guys, man. Teaching them some. Well, they ended up. We ended up doing a whole slew of different things. Some a little bit of Muay Thai, a little bit of uh, grappling, some takedowns, and we went through the whole gambit of things. So we had a lot of fun. Uh, really, really guys up there. Unfortunately, I had to come right back. It was crazy because I actually felt like I was getting deathly sick. I almost called it off. And because the night before I was supposed to go up there, I woke up in cold sweats with, uh, you know, shivering, freezing cold. I had my bathrobe on, had like two blankets on, and I um, got a pile of sweat in the bed. And I said, dude, I'm about to be deathly fucking sick. I got, <laughs> you know, COVID 23 or whatever kind of bullshit's out there these days. <laughs> And it was funny. I woke up the next day and I felt perfectly fine. So, hey, worked out for you. Yeah, I don't know how, but it fucking went right through me, man. Might be like Wolverine or something these days. <laughs> Did you run into uh, Jamal Hill while you were there? The uh, fights in Vegas was it Vegas where the fights were? Uh, where were they this past week? No, they were in uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at the fight, so he wasn't there, but. Uh, yeah, we're gonna train sometime, man. He's a cool, dude. I like him. Yeah, he's tough, dude. I like Jamal Hill. I, I've never actually one of the weird random fighters I've never actually interviewed or anything, but he always seems like a good dude and uh, obviously a ferocious fighter. So yeah, it'd be fun. Seems like a a good dude to have around to train with. You know what I mean? Big guy, power. You know, lots of good stuff from that guy. So yeah, he's on yeah, quite a run right now. And, and yeah, what a crazy division he's in right now. All right, with with Jan and Yuri. Like I don't know who he's gonna fight. It makes it uh, for a pretty interesting uh, little division with Aaron, Alex Pereira coming up now. Um, Glover, I guess Glover retired, right? Yeah, Glover retired. Alex is there now fighting Jan Blahovich in uh, in July, which is a really super interesting fight. Like, dude, I love that fight, and I love that uh, mm-hmm. Alex is taking that shot at. Although, you know, dude, like I said, man, 
light heavyweight power is different. You know, I mean, we saw, I mean, that's a big difference in weight, 20 pounds. Like I've always, I've always marveled when guys can go from middleweight to light heavyweight. Cause that, I mean, obviously going to heavyweights, you know, potentially even bigger, but when you go from light heavyweight to heavy, middleweight to light heavyweight, like that's a pretty big jump. Like 20 pounds is pretty significant. Like a lot of guys who fight a light heavyweight couldn't fathom fighting a middleweight. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, like Luke Rockhold tried it, didn't work out well for him. Adesanya tried it, didn't work out well for him. So yeah, it's a different animal. I think, I think Pereira is built for light heavyweight. I think he actually probably hurt himself maybe going to middleweight because he got so much weight, right. but I don't know, man, there's no guarantees. Dude, Jan Blachowicz is a monster. He might get a takedown and, and Alex Pereira didn't get up again. Which is a great point, man. That you know, when are we going to make the weight classes or jumps in between? You know, I don't know. Twenty years ago, like a hundred in the UFC, but it was like something like six hundred fighters in the and like so many people UFC all the time, right? So their their rosters expanding all the time. Like, can we just have more weight classes? Yeah, like, I was like wondering. Even, like, like I would have a one seventy five. I, I cut down to one seventy five, and I'm perfectly fine. Everything's happy. I get to like seventy three, seventy two, and I'm fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah, you're not and the I only know there's one. There's a lot of guys just like that. Yeah, da- you know, it, it, ultimately what it comes down to is Dana. Dana White doesn't want it. He said it numerous times, like it'll never happen. I get it to a certain extent. For some weight classes, because light heavyweight is not real deep, like and, and heavyweight's not super deep either. So, like when you start creating extra weight classes, you're really thinning things out in terms of like actually having like legit contenders. Because guys like like you could argue if they had like a heavyweight and a super heavyweight division, like guys like Stipe are going to be at the heavyweight division. They're not going to be two seventy five, two eighty. Um, so you're going to get like the get the Derek Lewis is the world to be the really bigger guys. Um, but I think some of the smaller weight classes, like when they talked about forever doing a 165 division, like there's enough guys at lightweight, welterweight around that weight that you could do a couple divisions. Um, I think it just depends on the weight class. Like, I think it, the higher you go, the harder it gets, the lighter you go, you could, you could eat. Like, imagine if they had a, imagine like if they do 125, 135, 145, 155, 165, 175. Like, I think that would make a lot of sense, 185. And then maybe you do jump to 205 because, you know, I don't know if there's enough fighters for 195. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. I think you can, but I think it's, I think where it, where it falls apart is the higher weight classes. Like, once you get to 185, you might have to stop. Like, that might be the, the limit where you could, like, split the weight classes anymore. But I think, like, 155, 165, 175, that's possible. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? It does, and I, I, those are deeper divisions, right? Like, those are deep enough to where you're not really going to thin them out that much. That's always Dana's argument is you're going to thin out the divisions too much. I think you're only going to thin them out at the heavier weight class. If you stop at 185 and you don't do it anymore at that point, you do 185, 205, and heavyweight, I think you'd be okay. I think at one, you know, 155 is going to be fine. 165 would be good. 170, because there are guys at 170 who are not probably big 170-pounders. They can fight at 165, and then you look at 170 to 185, guys who are kind of in between who can fight at 175 like yourself. So, yeah, I think it's possible, and I don't think you're going to lose a ton with that. But that's always Dana's argument is, like, you just thin out the divisions too much. And I I, I, I disagree for the lower weight class. The higher weight classes, I agree. You're not gonna, It's going to be hard to, like, create a 195-pound weight class. Like, there's just not enough fighters. Now, I thought his argument was always there was too many belts. Well, like that too. Wanted, that that too. I mean, that's that's also part of it. Yeah. Yeah, like he was worried about boxing, where there's like so many belts, and guys would, you know, move weight classes just because there's an easier belt at this weight class or whatever. 
but I don't see that being the case, especially being like like the problem thing is 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 too many belts isn't because of the weight classes, it's because of the organizations, right? There's the WBC, IBF, you know, there's lower ones like NABF and stuff, you know, there's a IBC, there's all these different organizations and different belts. The UFC is the UFC. Yeah. You know, like, like you're going to be adding like what more belts at most. I mean, I it. think, I think there, I agree. There's too many organizations. Like the organizations are the bigger problem in boxing. Cause I can't keep them all straight, dude. Like there's WBA, WBC, IBF. Like I don't even know what they are. I will say though. I will say, I think there are a little bit. I think there are a few too many weight classes in, in boxing. Cause like I was doing a story on, uh, uh, Regis Pagrias who fought recently and I was looking up his titles. I'd interviewed him. And I was like, he was, I want to say like welterweight, and he was light welterweight, and he was junior. It was all these different, like all these welterweights that I'd lost track of. I was like, man, there's like nine different weight classes in like eight fights. Uh, so I think that like they get, because they, they do go pretty small, like in boxing, where it's down to like five pound differences in boxing a lot of times, where it's like 170, 175, 180. I think that does muddy the waters, and it's made worse when you have 19 titles out there, the alphabet titles are the worst. Like that's worse than the weight classes. I agree. But when you mix the two together, then it gets really, it's like all sorts of fuckery. Then it's just like, you're at light middleweight at WBC. You're at middleweight at WBA. You're at light middleweight. You know, it's just all the, like, I think it's kind of like a mix. Yeah. And that's where it gets. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Technology. Well, why did my video stop? Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. Oh, I can't see you. That's weird. No, oh, all right, well, whatever. Um, but I think that's where it gets. Um, yeah, that, that's where it gets mixed up a little bit too. When you talk about, you start looking at like who's better than who, right? Because okay, well, this guy won four belts in four weight classes. Okay, but this guy won like two undisputed belts and two weight classes. You know, it, it gets really complicated, man. I, I had this argument a little bit recently on Twitter when I posted that Floyd Mayweather is not the greatest at all, not even close of all time. Yeah. And everybody started breaking out all these different stats. And originally I kind of fucked up because I made it like Pacquiao versus Mayweather. And I, you know, and I think it's very, very close. And Mayweather probably has a slight edge over Pacquiao in that especially being that he beat him. So that's, you know, that, that kind of ends that argument. But, you know, it, it just gets very convoluted when you start, or diluted, I should say, when you when you start, you know, comparing all the records and, and then who they fought, how many belts that guy had who fought, and then what were his belts. And, you know, okay, well, who did he get that belt from? You know what I mean? It just gets so complex. It does. It does. I'm with you. I, I, Floyd Mayweather's great. He was a great boxer, but he's not one of the, he's not the greatest of all time. I wouldn't put him up there like that. Like that's like, there, there was, it's like, dude. It's, I had a massive amount of people saying that he's the greatest of all time and and arguing very strongly for that. And I was blown away. I didn't. <sighs> I didn't think that that many people actually believed that. Yeah. He, I mean, don't get me wrong. Great. Great record. A lot of good wins. I mean, very good fighter. Um, so certainly taking nothing away from him, but I wouldn't put him in number one. That's like people who argue like they used to argue. They don't do it much anymore. It seems like people kind of came around on like reality on that one. For the longest time you get people who would argue Mike Tyson's the greatest heavyweight or one of the greatest heavyweights. And I'm like, no, he was a great power puncher, incredible knockouts, dude. His knockouts are like some of the greatest knockouts in history, but 
you know, he doesn't have the resume. He doesn't even have the resume to go up against, you know, Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis, who are in his era. Like, those guys had better resumes than he did overall. You know what I mean? Like, you can't sit there and say that, like, I don't get me wrong. It's not a knock on Tyson. And I think people have kind of slowed down on that in, in recent years. And people kind of come around and said, yeah, like, he was good. He, he had his moment, but he wasn't one of the greatest. But, like, there was a long, you know what I'm talking about. There was a while there where people were like, Tyson's one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Like, eh, slow down on that one. Yeah. Well, they were saying that, you know, when he was young and it just never ended. Right. Because he had probably the greatest potential to be the greatest. Right. And then the whole thing is, well, because Costamato didn't die. Well, we don't know what would happen. Costamato didn't die. Right. So, you know, and you're not going to say someone's the greatest based off of hypotheticals. And with Floyd Mayweather, I say it all the time. He was the most successful boxer most successful combat athlete, maybe most successful athlete of all time. That does not make you the best of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, our, and also it's harder to gauge in boxing because boxing has such a different, such a different history too. Like it goes back. So that's why I said like, it's not easier to argue about MMA, you know, the greatest of all time, but really we're talking about a body of work of 20 years more or less. I mean, I'm not, and I don't mean to disrespect, Guys like Hoist Gracie, but Hoist Gracie fought at a time when it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't truly mixed martial arts. Like guys, he was fighting guys who had never heard of jiu-jitsu, much less knew what they were doing in jiu-jitsu. So, like, I think once you get to, like, the the Frank Shamrocks, the Tito Ortiz is like that era, that's when guys could do it all. They could wrestle, they could grapple, they actually knew jiu-jitsu, things like that. And we're talking about like a 20 year timeline, 25 years. Like that's not very much time really. You know what I mean? But boxing goes back a hundred years. Like that's a long ass time to like, think about like, you know, when you go back to like Sugar Ray Robinson and, 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 you know, all these guys like back there, like all the way back, uh, Rocky Marciano, you talk about all those guys, then you're comparing them to like today's modern boxers. Like it's just a big, huge wide history. It's like baseball is the same thing. Like I don't really watch baseball, but I know that like you talk about Babe Ruth, like there's a name everyone knows in baseball, but can you compare him to a guy playing today it's just a harder argument to make um but in mma it's it's we're talking 25 years basically really 20 25 years of history is not that much yeah and when you look at like the evolution of the sport you know like you said back then they didn't know what jiu-jitsu was and then they didn't know how dominant wrestling could be they didn't know you know real like what worked like what was going to work what wasn't going to work in boxing like they've only used two weapons the whole time <laughs> you know what i mean so it was essentially the same sport but the difference in the air is there is back then like they would fight you know two or three times a month sometimes right they they would constantly fight like they would fight the five same guy five times in a row and like you know to beat a guy five times in a row is, is that's you know as a form formidable opponent is a serious feat you know what i mean yeah, and when they go, they they used to go like twenty rounds too. They used to go like twenty, like insane yeah. rounds too. Like they didn't go, they didn't go twelve rounds. They went 40. like twenty to forty rounds, like crazy rounds. Yeah, yeah. What's the name? Uh, Jack Johnson went uh, uh, carried a guy. Um, I try to remember exactly who it was, but he carried him like twenty something rounds. It was supposed to, he wanted to carry him all forty rounds because he wanted to just punish the guy, and he ended up quitting. <laughs> crazy could you imagine that's a 40 round 40 round fight sounds insane (laughs) yeah exactly man and and, you know that's why i put like jack johnson up there as one of the greatest if you know his story man like you know anybody that doesn't know his story should go out and read it he has one of the best stories ever i don't know how there's not tons of movies about him i don't know how he's not one of the most famous figures in pop culture 
I mean, his story is just absolutely fascinating. You know, when you're talking about a guy who had to get on trains and, you know, or live on trains just so he could go get matches, you know, that's a different kind of beast than these, you know, dorks that just sign up and, and go fight at the local fucking AMVETS club or some shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So who who is, so let me ask you two questions then. Who is, who is your greatest boxer of all time and who is your greatest modern boxer of all time? When I say greatest modern, I'm talking like the last like 30 years, like of that era back to like 1990. Of the last like 30 years, who's the greatest and who's your greatest boxer of all time? In your opinion. Well, I think I don't think there's any question from any boxing uh, guy that knows what they're talking about. Sugar Ray Robinson is almost untouchable on the greatest of all time. You know, I, I just, I don't think you can even touch it again in that era, the, you know, the, the amount that they fought and, um, and what he did, you know, he went on a 73, I think fight winning streak, you know, he, he went like, as like 45 or 46 and Oh lost. And then he won like 70 something fights in a row. <laughs> and it, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, you, like no one's going to do that these days, you know? And, and that's just a fact. Um, in the modern era, you know, to be honest, I've never even sat down and thought about that. That's actually a really good question. And I would certainly put Floyd up there in the modern era. Um, you know, he's got to be a top two or three. Um, I would really have to think about that though. And, you know, I, I know my favorite is, um, Roberto Duran. Yeah. You know, so, so I would probably have a lot of bias towards pushing him towards the top, but, um, man, there's so many names that, that pop in my head. As soon as we start, you start thinking about that. <laughs> and I think there's definitely an argument to be made for Floyd in that. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'd have to actually look at it and think about it a little bit. I think that's where you make the argument for Floyd, right? Like when you say like the last 30 years or whatever, then you can say Floyd's got a real argument there, right? Like he's got a legitimate argument, the top spot there. Um, but when you start mixing in all the all time stuff, like even people listen dude, Muhammad Ali is one of the most you know monumental boxers of all time in terms of cultural significance. There's no one bigger, but in terms of just what he did in the division, like people will say like, he's still not the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time. Incredible. Absolutely. In his day. Absolutely. But Muhammad Ali was one one of those guys that just transcended transcended boxing like he was bigger than boxing like he was a bigger name than boxing itself at the time um that's what muhammad ali was was he also a great fighter absolutely he was an incredible fighter but i think most people most boxing historians would say that there were better heavyweight boxers than muhammad ali but he was culturally no one's bigger but in terms of in terms of skills talent and accomplishment there were heavyweights that did more than muhammad ali yeah, like I would put Muhammad in the, probably the top five greatest heavyweights, in my opinion. But, you know, it's hard to, you know, it's just like uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Like, like it's hard to find anyone that you're going to put over Joe Lewis when you talk about the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time. You know, there's a different era. You know, but again, you can look at, like, the different eras and say, like, the greatest modern era boxer. Um, but just from the the time that those guys come from the way they fought, the amount of times they fought, um, you know, and, and the, their willingness to fight anybody and everybody all the time. Um, yeah, it, it's really difficult to argue against those, uh, like Joe Lewis being the number one. Yeah. My favorite, like my favorite heavyweight to ever watch. People are always surprised when I say this. My favorite heavyweight to ever watch was Lennox Lewis. I loved Lennox Lewis, dude. I was a really? huge fan. Of, yeah. I, cause I he was, he was, 
Yeah. Like, he was around, like, he was big when I was growing up because I remember, like, he was coming up and I remember the fight with Tyson. And then I remember, obviously, the Hossing Rockman rivalry that lasted, you know, you know, two fights. He got the upset and then he came back and beat him. You know, the Klitsch goes, I always loved Lennox Lewis, dude. I was like the, the guys who don't get talked about as much. Like, when you think about his resume, like, the way he pieced up people during his day, like, dude, Lennox Lewis had a hell of a career. Yeah, I mean, he, he has a strong argument for the greatest modern heavyweight boxer, for sure. I mean, but to be, to really enjoy watching his fights, I'm very surprised at that because he's, <laughs> he wasn't an exciting fighter by any means. I just always liked, I don't know, there's just something about him I liked watching. I think it's, I think part of it came from because he was always kind of like the underdog in a way, like people just kind of underrated him because he wasn't the loudest guy in the room. He wasn't the guy, you know, I mean, there's, a, you know, we know a lot of like loudmouth boxers, how it works and, and mixed martial artists for that matter. Um, he was never that dude. He just went out there and beat your, beat the brakes off you. And I just appreciated something about that with that guy. And I just always like watching him fight. And also like he fought a lot of really good guys too during his era. Like, you know, he fought Tyson, he fought Holyfield, he he fought Klitschko. Like, he fought a lot of good guys. Like, he just kind of slipped under the radar because he wasn't the loudest dude in the room. Now, here's a hypothetical question for you. Fury versus Lennox Lewis. Who man. Um, on their best nights. On their absolute best nights. Yeah, um, man, of course. Hypothetical. <laughs> I, think, I think Lennox Lewis. I think Lennox Lewis. I think he was a better overall technical boxer. Plus, he did have power. Um, kind of like, kind of a little bit like Fury, where you know he'll pitter patter you for a while and then he'll knock you out. But I think skill wise, Lennox was just a little bit higher in my opinion. I think I think Tyson Fury is amazing, but I would, but I would put Lennox just slightly ahead of him. I actually agree with you, and um, mainly because the the number one comparable that we have to that is uh, Fury's fights with Deontay Wilder, and his and. Lewis is built a lot like Wilder, but a far better boxer. Yeah. And Wilder touched him up a lot in that first fight. Yeah. Lennox, Lennox was so good technically. Like, that was the thing. He was so good. Like, that was the big difference between Lennox and everyone of this era is, like, in terms of technical boxing, like, he was just leaps and bounds ahead of so many people. That's also why I think Tyson Fury is so good right now is because he's so much technically better than most of the other heavyweights out there. But you're right. He got touched up a little bit by Deontay Wilder and he couldn't play that game with Lennox Lewis, not over 12 rounds. Like it just would not end well. So yeah, I, I would lean, I would lean, I would lean Lennox Lewis. As I said of this era, like I would argue Lennox Lewis may be the best heavyweight of the, of the modern era. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good argument to make right there, to be honest. Uh, again, those, I've never thought about modern era versus the old era. So, you know, that's kind of things I would have to, sit down and kind of think about you know <laughs> well it's true though because when you think like, time or do that so. yeah well i mean it's just like i said we talked about like with, with mma like you know people say oh you're disrespecting like when they talk about like the um everyone says make your mount rushmore of mma and like i always make mine i, I rarely ever put a guy like hoist gracie on there and, like how can you disrespect hoist and i'm like hoist is a legend he it, you know him doing what he did is what got me into mixed martial arts when i saw this little scrawny brazilian kid tapping out dudes who were like twice his size and i was like what is this but I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, you know, overall talent and accomplishment, like, what he did was amazing, but I would say there are guys who have done and accomplished more, you know, since then. Like, is he, a, is he an icon? Is he an all-time legend? Of course, Royce Gra Gracie's a legend, but I just wouldn't put him in this. I wouldn't put him in the same breath as John Jones. Like, John Jones, what he does is everything. He does everything. He does, he is, like, the most complete mixed martial artist along with, like, maybe George St. Pierre of all time. 
Demetrius Johnson like that. You know what I mean? Like how could like talent wise, how could you put Demetrius next to Hoist? Like great. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hoist a legend, but come on now. Are we being like, if you're being honest in terms of like overall talent, Demetrius and Hoist. Yeah. So I guess it depends on how you are going to define the people that you're putting on your Mount Rushmore, right? Is Are those the icons? Cause if it's going to be iconic, then you certainly have to put. Oh yeah. Uh, hoist up there, right? Like there's no question. If you're looking, okay, we're, we're going to put the four most talented fighters in history. I mean, hoist wouldn't be anywhere near, but you know, so I think it's how you define, you know, what's your Mount Rushmore, right? I don't know. I don't even know who's on our Mount Rushmore or presidents, but you know, are they, are they the four best presidents in history or are they, you know, the four most iconic, you know? Yeah. I, I define it as, I define it as like talent and, and accomplishments. You know what I mean? Like it's talent and accomplishments. And for me, it's like John Jones, George St. Pierre. Oh, I don't know if I, I had to think about it. Anderson Silva. And then, you know, who's the fourth? Um, I'm just throwing out ideas here. Like fourth would be, I don't know. Fedor, maybe like that, like you know, I mean, like something like that, you know, like maybe those four, I guess, I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas, but that because like when you think about accomplishment, like also they did great things. Like it's not just talent. Like talent wise, it's George St. Pierre. To me, talent wise, it's George St. Pierre, John Jones, Demetrius Johnson. Problem Demetrius runs into is I think that he didn't fight. He didn't fight the deepest time of the flyweight division in the UFC. I wish Demetrius was still around because, oh, my God, would I love to see him fight Brandon Marino and and Devison Figueredo and some of the yeah. guys who've come up now. Um, and don't get me wrong, what he's doing in one championship is awesome because he's fighting really basically up a weight class. But, yeah, I just, I, I just I can't quite put him in the same – just in terms of accomplishment, I can't put him quite at the same level as John or GSP. Um I don't know, man. That's a tough one. Like I said, talent-wise, Demetrius is top three. Talent-wise, it's Demetrius, John Jones, and George St. Pierre. Like, those are the three for me. Like, talent-wise, most talented mixed martial artists ever, John Jones, George St. Pierre, Demetrius Johnson. So, on my route, Rushmore, I got to go with the icons, and I don't think any of it, any Mount Rushmore would be be proper without Hoist and Sakuraba. You got to have two. The rest, the other two, I don't even care. I just want to waste the soccer out, but my Mount Rushmore's got motherfuckers. There's, it's, I, it, it, I remember, you remember a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, Sakuraba got inducted in the UFC Hall of Fame and I got to interview Sakuraba and I was like, dude, the biggest fanboy ever when I got to interview him. And, uh, there's so many people that were like, who is Sakuraba? And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, this, I was like, you're hurting my brain right now saying, who is Sakuraba? How do you not know Sakuraba? You know what? And even thinking about it, I think it, it's hard to not put Ronda and Connor up there too. And we're talking. If you're talking like, if you're talking iconic, iconic. yeah. I mean, iconic. That's it. Iconic yeah. Mount or yeah, Hoist, Sakuraba, Connor, and Ronda. I mean, when you think about the way they built like the way that they brought in a fan base, there's nobody bigger than Ronda and Connor. I mean, at the modern era, like, you know what I mean? Like they were, they transcended, like we talk about transcendent, like Muhammad Ali, like in terms of like crossover, 
Ronda, people were, people were, I mean, there was like a two year stretch there where Ronda was arguably the biggest star in sports. Like you could argue she was the biggest star in all of sports and, and Connor right there too. And then Connor kind of exceeded her because his star power stayed around longer. Ronda was, I, I use the word flash in the pan. I don't mean it like that, but like hers was just a shorter reign. Like hers was like two and a half, maybe three years where she was just it. And Connor like you could argue up to like even up to the Floyd fight for that like five year stretch he was the man like Connor was and he still is I mean he's still the biggest star in the sport by a wide margin. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, like those four changed the game in their whatever way you know what I mean in, in all their own unique ways they changed the fucking game completely. Um, yeah, so I, I don't see how you could you know. Again, it depends if you're talking about talented versus iconic for your Mount Rushmore. Those, to me, it's more of an iconic thing. Yeah. You know, like, because like, when I look at our Mount Rushmore and I look at our presidents, I don't even know what the fuck they did except <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I, I think he's on Mount Rushmore, right? I believe yeah, so. Like, here, you're putting me yeah, on the spot here. Like, you're, you're making me prove my own lack of American history knowledge here. So, <laughs> I think, uh, is George Washington on there? I think so. I think it's him. I think it's Roosevelt, Washington, Lincoln, and God. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what what Roosevelt ever did, right? So, but yeah, if you look at like like Lincoln and 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 George Washington, like like there's your Sakuraba and your Hoist Gracie. It's Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln. So Jefferson was the one I forgot. Thomas Jefferson was the one I forgot. So. So he did some cool shit, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. But like we talk about greatest, like you just said that, like when I thought about that, like now I think I'd have to put my four, if I was just doing greatest, it would be John Jones, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, and probably Amanda Nunes. Like when you think about what she did in the last few years, like my God, she's beat everybody. Like in terms of accomplishments, she beat everybody. So Amanda Nunes probably deserves to be on that list too. But in terms of iconic, it's Ronda Rousey. Like she was the biggest star in the world i mean by a wide margin she was the biggest star yeah yeah so i think we have two good mount rushmores now so now we're gonna have our eight-headed mount rushmore the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, so now here's the question, Matt. Here's the real cute question. Talk about tough questions. At what point does Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg make the fighter iconic fighter uh mount rushmore these two these two ferocious athletes are talking about fighting each other boy i tell you what, there's your there's your Mount Rushmore fight right there. Mark Zuckerberg and, and Elon Musk. 
I thought you'd be way more pumped being the nerd that you are, Damon. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Listen. It's 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 funny to me. You have me. a website called Nerd. I do. I do. But it's 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 nerdy like, you know, Marvel comics and horror movies, not, you know, I'm deep into like writing code for Facebook. That's a different kind of nerd. I'm a different I'm a different kind of nerd than that. Uh yeah, Zuckerberg like and level- Musk, they're gonna fight. They're gonna fight. Uh, are they actually gonna fight? I mean, I don't know. Dude, Dana White's they're eyes lit <laughs> Dana White's well, eyes lit. Dana White's eyes yeah. lit up like like Scrooge McDuck in uh in like the old in the old DuckTales cartoons with like dollar signs just popping out of his eyeballs. Mine did too. I was like, dude, I'll put on the fight for you guys. Come on. <laughs> do Columbus, Ohio. I'll put a cage up. Like, let's do this. Yeah, th- these motherfuckers ain't gonna fight. What are you talking about, man? Everybody talks that shit. Dude, Everybody, like- we're talking about we're talking about them right now. Twitter's talking about them. We're forgetting about all the fucking garbage bullshit that they've done in their lives. Uh, I don't even know what they've done. Like, I just know, like, they got a lot of haters. So, but dude, everybody, they're like, hey, hey, why don't you quit talking shit about me buying Twitter? Because I'm going to go cage fight. And everybody's like, oh, okay. No problem, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how these motherfuckers operate, right? It's a yeah. PR fucking scandal. Come on. But I want. I'm asking the MMA community to be more intelligent than this. Can we see through this? These guys, like, what the fuck makes you think they're going to fucking step in a cage and fight each other? And if they do, yes, I'll fucking watch it. (laughs) You'll fucking watch it. Well, I'll watch it. And we're going to, and you know, we're going to vomit when we watch it. (laughs) Be like, what the fuck did I just watch? Why did I stay up till fucking midnight watching this? And we're going to hate ourselves for it. Do you remember, do you remember how, and I mean this with the utmost respect, but do you remember how low level it was watching CM Punk fight in the UFC? Like when we actually saw him fight, like when he actually fought Mickey Gall and when he fought Mike Jackson, we were like, dude, this guy just does not belong. And that's, you know what, dude, that's not a not, I don't belong in the UFC either. Trust me. I certainly don't. I know I don't. I've trained. I love the sport. I don't belong anywhere near that octagon. So I'm not trying to begrudge the guy for living out his dream. But you and I know, like when he did that, we were like, my God, this is not good. Like, this is not a good sight to see him in there. Dude, CM Punk would be the, the, the John Jones to Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk in terms of talent, like in terms of what he could do in there. Like, Come on, like, come on now. Like, let's be, and also these guys, you don't get to this level of, of, of fame and fortune without having a bit of an ego or a massive ego. Do you think either one of these guys wants to take the PR hit it would take to lose to the other one? If Mark Zuckerberg goes out there and chokes out Elon Musk, could you imagine just like the hit that would take like on his brand? Does that dude have the ego that would allow him to get choked out by another dude that he'd be like, Oh, I'm cool with that. I'm it's just competition. Would it really hurt his brand though? No, I'm not saying hurt his. I'm not saying hurt his brand. I'm saying hurt his ego. Like he's a, they're all, they're they're egomaniacs. They have to be. Like there's a certain level of ego. There's a certain level of egotism that goes into being that guy, to being Elon Musk or being Mark Zuckerberg. Absolutely. Are they going to allow their ego to take that hit to get choked out on national television in front of billions of people? 
uh, is either one of them going to allow that to happen? Like that's where I that's where I play, hit the pause button. It's not that like I don't think they do it for charity or all this other. I think it all comes down to it's ego, dude. Neither one of these guys wants to go down losing to the other one. Okay, when we watch CM Punk lose to Mike Jackson, there's one thing to lose to Mickey Gall because come, you know, we didn't really know much about him before, but come find out he's like a legit fucking fighter. Like he's a really good fighter. I've trained with them since. They were good friends. He's a really, really good fighter. But Mike Jackson, CM Punk loses to Mike Jackson. Did anybody walk away from that and say, oh, glad I watched that? <laughs> now imagine two guys that are not even as good as CM Punk. Like CM Punk would probably beat both of them. Oh, he would. I think he would. I think he. I think he would demolish both of them. Like at worst, he's still a natural athlete. Right. Like he's still an athlete. Like, right? Exactly. So, like, what interest? I, I don't get the interest in watching these guys fight. There's a. There's a million things I'd love to watch them do. Fly fucking spaceships. Fucking, you know, make shit on face. I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg does, but <laughs> yeah, like, there's a million things that would be cool that they could do that everybody would watch fighting i guess everybody will probably watch i'll probably watch but i'm not interested in watching i'll watch only because i'm sure every single friend of mine is going to be watching i'm saying hey what are you guys doing this saturday night i'm watching the fucking stupid nerds fight <laughs> okay well i guess i'll be watching with you since i'm or i'll sit at home by myself and miss out on <laughs> Yeah, like here's here's where here's what like in terms of like my actual interest, like dude, that is that is beyond low level of MMA. Like let's be honest, like that is the lowest possible level of MMA that you could put into a cage in the UFC. Like it, it doesn't get because they're like Elon's like fifty one or something, or and Mark Zuckerberg's like thirty nine. Neither one of them really trained. Like Mark does train in jujitsu, like that that's legitimate. Uh, and Elon, I think trained in judo or something as a kid, but like, come on now. Like I trained as a karate as a kid. I'm not going to go into world combat or world karate league and try to go one-on-one with Steven Wonderboy Thompson. I'm not doing that. I'm not stupid. Um, so it's going to be the, the lowest, it's, it's going to be the lowest level MMA possible is what I'm getting at. You know what the real question is when you're talking about hurting brands, does that hurt the UFC's brand? <sighs> I you don't know because. I don't like think so. I don't think so. Only because I think we've all transcended to the point now with this sport where we understand like people, there are still people who are holding on to the vestige that this is just a pure sport and it's not, it's never been, it's entertainment. It's sport. Absolutely. Like it's competition. Absolutely. But it's still entertainment. Like we like them bringing in Kimbo slice, them bringing in Sean Gannon, them bringing in CM Punk, them bringing in, uh, you know, Brandon Lee Hinkle when he fought uh, Sean Gannon, that fight, when they brought in CM Punk, when they brought in Kimbo, when they brought in, uh, uh, James, Tony, yes, natural athlete, but come on now, like he had no business being in the cage with Randy Couture. All those kind of, all those things are, all those things are just gimmick fights. Like they're all just meant to get people drummed up interest and people to buy pay per views, and then it just goes away, and we tune back in to watch, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky be amazing, or we watch, you know, Ilya Taporia do what he did this past weekend, or whatever. So yeah, I don't think they lose. I don't think they lose anything, and, and I think that that's why Dana is immediately like, "Ooh, I'm interested," because he sees the dollar signs. He's not stupid. Like, there's it's a freak show fight. People are going to pay to watch it. I know that, but uh, when you talk about those gimmick fights, all of those ones that you just mentioned, they were a little gimmicky, but there was a potential of no, not being gimmicky, right? Like Kimbo had potential. CM Punk 
we thought might have potential. Like there was a chance, you, you know what I'm saying? Like every single one of these guys had that you just mentioned, like there was a chance that they were going like, I mean, we know how good of a boxer James Tony is, you know, if, if Randy Couture went in there and just played complete dipshit and tried to stand with him, you know, he would have actually won. So like, there is that chance and MMA is a wild sport. So there's always this chance with, with these guys, like, it's literally just that gimmick fight. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's only that. And there's no there's there's no upside to either of these guys as fighters beyond that. Yeah. So that's where to me it feels like it diminishes the brand a little bit because it's like, well, if you do it now, you know, are are we gonna keep doing it? You know, do you do it again and again and again? And again, all those guys you mentioned before, as much as that they were they were like sort of gimmick fights. I don't see those as like pure gimmick fights because like they were fighting real fighters on the other side. Yeah. And, and they did have a chance. Yeah, that's you true. No, I do. You I do. And I agree. Bro. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And this is like this, like I said, it's the lowest level. Here's the only reason I'm not even trust me. I'm the last person who's going to advocate for seeing this fight because it's going to be god-awful. Like, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be god-awful. It's going to be the worst fight you've ever witnessed on that na- on like that level of television. You've never seen a fight that bad. Because I remember watching when celebrity boxing got big and they had, like, Tanya Harding fighting someone. I remember turning that on, like, Fox <laughs> one night, and I was like, what the hell is this? And, like, it was the worst. Like, I've seen tough man contests that were far more tactical battles than those fights. Um, it's going to be bad. It's going to be awful. And, and and it's good. I mean, it's just legitimately going to be just shit is what it's going to be. And I agree. I agree with you. It's not going to happen. Come on now. Like I said, I think they're too big egomaniacs to ever, ever allow themselves to get in there under the risk that they could lose to the other guy. Like if, here's there's a better chance of Mark Zuckerberg fighting like Joe Lozon, because if he loses to Joe Lozon, like, of course, you're going to lose to Joe freaking Lozon. It's Joe Lozon. Like, you're not going to get near that guy. So you, you you get tapped out in three. You get tapped out in 45 seconds. People are going to say, well, yeah, you had no business being in there with Joe Lozon. You lose to Elon Musk. You get knocked out by Elon Musk that you can't live that down. Like, that's not something you're just going to, like, wave away and, and, and walk away from. People are going to mock you for that for the rest of your life. So their egos are never going to allow them to do it. Here's the one reason why I would say, like, if they do it, I would be interested. And here's this. Dana has said something to the effect like it would be the biggest fight in history and a lot of money would go to charity. Now, if they want to do it and, and donate all the money to charity and it can't be their own charities, it can't be like the Elon Musk Foundation and the Mark Zuckerberg Foundation. It's got to be like legitimate charities, like cancer charities or, or you know, whatever, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, whatever. It's got to be some legitimate charity they have no affiliation with. And here's the other one, the other caveat I throw in there. Every fighter on the card from the co-main event down, assuming you're going to do like an actual pay-per-view, gets pay-per-view points. You do that to where every fighter can make, like every fighter on that card can legitimately stand to make two, three, four million dollars. Dude, I'm all for it. Put it on. Let's go. I'll buy it tomorrow because I'm all for the fighters. You guys want to make, put Matt Brown, Jim Miller as the co-main event. You guys both get a guaranteed five million payday. Dude, all for it. Co-main event to Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Let's go. Um, but that's it. That's the only way I have interest. If you're going to do it in that regard and the fighters are going to benefit and a charity, like a, like a charity is legitimately going to get like $300 million or $100 million or whatever, and you're going to really give that money to charity, go for it. I got no problem with it. But if it's just going to be some sideshow, like, you know, a normal UFC card, everyone's going to benefit except, you know, 
uh, the fighters who are fighting underneath them or whatever. Like, dude, I have no interest because it's going to be it would be the worst fight you've ever watched. It would be the absolute worst. You've seen you've seen bum fights that are better than that. That fight would be. Can I get on that card? If that's how <laughs> but you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't that be like that would be where it would benefit, right? Like if they did that and they're like, hey, we're going to give every fighter on the undercard pay-per-view points. If that happened, dude, sign me up tomorrow. I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll buy the pay-per-view right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll even give it to the Matt Brown Foundation. <laughs> For charity, too, man. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm talking I about. Never, yeah, I didn't think of it that way. But, that, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, it, honestly, if they, if they do do it, it shouldn't even be a real UFC card. You know, it should just be like this is an event that the UFC is promoting at the apex or, you know, or wherever at, and, but it's just an event. Like they have to put it on the side. Like, you know, I don't know, man. It, like what fucking world are we living in, bro? What kind of simulation <laughs> is this? It's just, it's, I agree. It's not going to happen. It's fun to talk. It's funny to talk. It's not even fun to talk about. It's funny to talk about. And it's kind of like hilarious. Like John Jones is like, I'll train Zuckerberg and GSP. He's like, I'll train Elon Musk. And I'm like, this is, this is, I agree. It's like a simulation. Like what world are we living in? But let's be honest. They're not going to fight. Come on. Like, you know what I mean? Like people like to talk a good game, but when it like, dude, like I said, I I'm smart enough to know I'm not ever going to do it. I would never want to do it. That's why I respect fighters so much because I know I can't do it. Uh, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a fighter. I love fighting, but I don't want to be a fighter. No, dude, come on now. I just don't think their egos would ever allow them to actually get in there. How much would it take you? You'd be heavyweight, right? Yeah, how much much would it take me to get it? Fight Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis? Give me, I don't know, give me like 5 million, I'll do it. Would you do 10K? No, no, dude. You got to have millions. You got to get millions to get me in there, get knocked my head off. No, no, no. You got to talk like. Okay. No, no, no. Not, not a chance. Not for fifty k. Not a chance. No shit. Not a chance. You got dude. money. Damn, bro. I, didn't know I don't have money. money. I, I don't have money like that. But I got enough money not to want to get my head knocked off in the middle of a million people. I don't. I don't. I don't choose to do that. And the brain damage I would take from one Derek Lewis punch is more than fifty grand is going to buy me. A hundred k. Nope. Ain't get me and in I, there for and that. I'll train you. And I'll train you. <laughs> Dude, it's still gonna it's still gonna end in forty seconds, and that forty seconds is just as long as it takes him to chase me around the octagon until he punches me in the head. I can teach you to survive, and I'll, you can just do fucking, you know, MNRI rolls and wrestling <laughs> shots, and, and until he finally gets on top, and, and then you know those punches won't hurt as bad. Dude, no, I like I I have I don't have an ego like Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg. But even I don't want to get not I don't want to get highlighted in front of millions of people. No, trust me, it's not not worth it to me. But there there's a number, like I said, if you like I always joke I joke with Francis Ngannou before. It's like, dude, if someone wants to pay me like two million dollars, five million dollars, whatever, to jump in there with Francis Ngannou, I'll do it in the last five, the last eight seconds. But you know, one punch, eight seconds, eight million dollars, something. Sure, I'll take that. Uh, you know, that's worth it to me. But fifty k, no, dude, I, I I got other things I could do. I got. I I got other other plans I can make. Man, I, I thought you'd be a 50k guy, but no, definitely I not. I, I have. Get, you can get a new Volkswagen for that, bro. That's true. You can't get a new Volkswagen. How? But how, here's the problem: now, how am I going to drive it when I'm in a wheelchair? I just don't know how that's going to work out for me. So, uh, you know, no. I've been knocked out. <laughs> it ain't that bad. I've been knocked out. Being knocked out is not as bad as people make it out to be. It's embarrassing. 
That's the bad part. <laughs> but you wake up and you're like, well, I don't know what happened. So I must have got knocked out. It's only happened to me once. And that's when Cowboy slapped his fucking shin across my neck or my face or something like that. And yeah, you know, I don't even, I woke up in the hospital like an hour or two later. And I was like, well, I mean, I was awake before that, but you know, I started coming to at the hospital. I was like, oh, I'm not hurt at all. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember when I, when I started, when I, well, I would say I first started when I, when I started getting a little bit more serious about jujitsu years ago, and I remember I was rolling with somebody and we were, you know, like we were doing a, like, it was not like in a school. We were just like rolling around, fucking around with friends. And, uh, I got caught in an arm bar and I refused. I kept like trying to fight out of it, trying to fight out of it. So I was holding onto my arm. Like you see guys do, right? Like he had me from, he had me in the arm bar trying to pull my arm apart. Right. Like he had me like in the position where I'm like this and I'm trying to hold onto my arm so he can't pull it out. And, uh, I fought it forever, dude, and fought it forever and held on, held on, held on. He finally got it. I kept trying to drag it back, kind of drag it back. And, like, he finally got it, and I tapped. The next day, dude, I have never felt pain. Like, I had to go to the the doctor because I'd hyperextended because I was fucking around so much with my ego being like, I don't want to tap. Dude, it meant nothing. It meant nothing. It meant absolutely nothing in that moment. Like, we were fucking around, and all I had to do was tap and just be done with it. But my ego said, I can get out of this. My ego said, just keep going, keep going. I was was got. There was no getting out. There was no rolling free. There was no, like, I was done. And I just refused to tap like a jackass and ended up hyperextending my my elbow and had to go to the, the doctor and all this other stuff. But, like, that was, like, the lesson to me of, like, ego getting in the way of, like, reality like dude i was done i was done and i thought like oh i could keep going i could keep going there was like four people in the room who the fuck was gonna care that i got tapped out by this other dude? Like, who cared like there's like six of us like who cares that i got tapped out nobody did my ego in that moment my ego is like no no dude don't tap don't tap you can get out of this i couldn't get out of it and it did not end well for me that happens to the best of us so <laughs> damn it you can't yeah don't worry about that bro that's Ego, it happens to all of us, especially when we're training all the time. I've had my elbows popped many times in training. But the only difference between me and you is I never went to the doctor. I, was, <laughs> I, I went and trained again the next day. I was like, Yeah, see, we're built different. We're built different, Matt. That's what I'm saying. If I if I don't want to lose in front of six people with an arm bar that means absolutely nothing, do you think Mark Zuckerberg wants to get choked out by Elon Musk in front of 20 million people and like do you really think their egos would allow them to do that i don't know i don't know if they really give a shit i don't know i, don't I, know. Think, I have no I clue do, i don't I know think what's that. going on them, them motherfuckers are way too smart for me so <laughs> i i can't i can't figure out what would be going on their minds and i think uh zuckerberg he's a reptile anyway right so <laughs> how are you gonna figure out what he's thinking that's true. Yeah, I just I I think what you said at the very start was the truth. It's not going to happen. Come on, people, let's slow down here. Like it's fun to talk about, but lots of people have talked about fighting. I remember Joe Rogan was going to fight Wesley Snipes once upon a time. Did it happen? No. Now that would have been fun. That would have been. But those are two legit martial artists. Like even that didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know if they're fighters, but they're definitely martial artists, and that would have been really fun. Yeah, yeah. we should bring that back. Come on, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, what's Wesley up to? Is he out of jail these days? He is. He's acting again, but he's like 60 now, and Joe's like 50-something. Like, like, when they were talking about doing it, they were younger, though. Like, they were in their, like, you know, like, late 30s, early 40s. Like, they were still relatively young at that point, and they were talking. Like, there was legitimate talks of getting them to fight, and it didn't happen, obviously. But, like, 
Yeah, those two are real martial artists, though. These two are not. Like, Zuckerberg and Musk are not. I, I don't care their age. I want to see the two fight. They got they got the testosterone of 20-year-olds. Like, let them fight. I want to see it. Put them on TRT for, like, six months, dude. They'll be jacked to the gills. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, Joe Rogan's still jacked to the gills today. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like, they're not on TRT. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you got a hundred on the bank. You're on fucking TRT, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they are. But yeah, like that's what I'm talking about. Like they had they had talks about fighting and it didn't happen. Do we really think Zuckerberg and Musk are gonna get in there and do this thing? Like it's I don't know. It's just hilarious to me. Like it's all anyone can talk about right now. And for good reason Dana's Dana White's giving it credence. Like he's talking about it. He's saying, like, Oh, they're serious about doing it. I'm talking to him. I'm like, Oh, my brain hurts right now. I can't believe this is reality in twenty twenty three. This is what we're talking about. Yeah, as I said, we're in a simulation, bro. And it's, uh, it's the, the, the argument against the simulation is just getting weaker all the time. Oh, I tell you. But you know what? Nothing, so nothing should ever surprise us in this sport, like, ever. Like, real, could we really be that surprised? Like, all the other insane things that come up and happen. And, like, dude, I remember I made a tweet years ago before the whole uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight, and I joked around and I said, Mayweather and McGregor are going to fight a hologram simulation of Bruce Lee because that's about as likely to happen. And guess what? Like a year later, they actually made the fight. So anything's possible in this sport, man. If a year from now you and I are previewing Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk, I will not be shocked. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought it? Who in any mind would have thought a few years ago, Nate Diaz would be fighting Jake Paul and, <laughs> yeah. or, or even Tyron Woodley or, or Ben Askren, you know, like, or Floyd Mayweather would be fighting Logan Paul. You know, you watching those guys on the fucking Disney Channel, and he'd be like, oh, well, they're, they're going to be fighting Floyd Mayweather in 10 years or something. Like, yeah, we can't put anything past this sport, man. It just gets crazier and crazier. And it's, um, it's you know, you, you believe it and you fucking achieve it in this sport. <laughs> well, what's funny is one thing Dana says that I agree with, like one thing Dana says, I really do agree with. He says, everyone understands fighting, right? Like we all do. We all understand fighting. We all like fighting. Like that's like when I scroll past a TikTok video, there was one I watched the other night where this dude was talking shit to a bouncer at a club. And this dude just keeps getting in his face, getting in his face. And the guy was like, had to be like five foot two. And the bouncer was like six foot tall. And the guy turns around, throws off his jacket, runs back at the bouncer. The bouncer throws one punch and the guy just gets absolutely laid out in the street, like hard laid out in the street. That's not a real fight. It was a bouncer knocking out some jackass who was stupid enough to think at like 5'2", he's going to knock out a six-foot, you know, big, like, giant bouncer. It was really funny, and I watched it. I'm just like, but that's, there is like, there is a certain level of like, just understand we all love fighting. And also, there's this weird reality where everyone kind of thinks they're a fighter. Like, everyone thinks they can win a fight. Like at some level, but like you, like Matt, like you know, I know you're not big into other sports. But like you are an athlete, you are a legit athlete. You're the most knockouts in UFC history. But even you would say, you put you on a baseball field, you're not going to hit the ball. Someone throwing a 90 mile an hour fastball at you, you're not crazy enough to think you're going to hit a home run off that, or you're going to step into an NFL field and be good enough to go up against like NFL level linebackers. Like that's a different kind of skill, and like I don't think people are crazy enough to think they could do that. But fighting. 
it's basically we all fight at some level like we've all had a fight at some level whether you fought your brothers growing up or you fought the schoolyard bully or whatever everyone's had a fight at some level fighting is like we understand fighting you don't know how to fight you understand fighting so it's like different like you would never see elon musk and mark zuckerberg sign up and say we're gonna go play for the dallas cowboys in an nfl game that would never happen they would get murdered it would be really ugly and hilarious um but fighting, you know, we're all like, you know, I could, like we're always sizing people up. We're all guilty of that like I could take uh, him. You got to you got to define understand fighting. Like what does that mean? How do people understand fighting? Because they've been in a fight, they don't mean understand fighting. When I say understand fighting, I mean like understand that they can get into a fight. Like they can get into a fight and feel like they have a chance. Like everyone has that it's like almost like 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 everybody understands, like like why why don't Musk and Zuck play a one on one basketball? Like everybody understands, you have to put the ball in the hole. Yeah, right. But they understand that better than they do fighting. They think they know fighting. Everyone thinks that they know fighting, and being that they've been in a fight, you know, so everyone can relate to it. But they do not understand even the most basics of fighting. Yeah, but they like, can I, relate to it, as I think is what you're saying. Right? Yeah, that's they, that's that's what I mean. That's can relate yeah. To it because yeah, because it's a primal instinct. It's something that we all naturally, at least the vast majority of us. I don't know, maybe Buddhist monks or something <laughs> don't naturally relate to it. But you know, we all have an urge to do it at some point in our life. Most of us did it on the playground at some point. But so we all relate to it, but understanding it even at the most basic level boy i would i would argue hard against that that's that's what i mean relate to it that's the word i should have been using relate to it i agree with you they relate to it like i remember years and years ago when i was living in cincinnati and i was working i just started doing mma stuff but i was still training at that point some local promoter called me up and said hey we got to fight the fellow a guy needs an opponent do you want to fight called me up asking me if i wanted to fight and i was like um, How do you have no, uh, we just through Cincinnati, just through local context. I think maybe Rich Franklin gave it to him or something. I can't remember, but like he What's called Richard me up, like, like hey, hey, this journalist guy. Will fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, calls me up and he's like, hey, if you want to fight, like I got a spot. This dude's like, he's you know whatever. He's like you know pretty bad. He's you know whatever. He's not this. He's like, I think it'd be fun if you want to do it because I was training at that point and I was like, nope. Nope, not for me, man. Like, I'm just not, I, I love it. I love the sport. I'm just not built that way, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's just not, like, I relate to it, but I know better than to think I could actually, like, could I defend my life if it depended on it? Like, if someone attacked me, like, if somebody, like, I was standing in a, you know, in a line or something, somebody, like, you know, pushed me or something, could I defend myself? Absolutely. But, like, getting into the actual cage and fighting another person, like, I'm just not built like that. I'm not, that's why I respect fighters way too much. Um, so I'm like, you, what you say, I relate to it. I do relate to it, but I also understand it enough to know I can't do it. <laughs> like I understand it enough and respect it enough to know I can't do it. So yes, you got the right word. They everyone relates to fighting and thinks that on some level they can do it. Uh, I relate to it. Like if somebody actually came up trying to throw a punch at me, could I defend myself? Sure. But am I actually stupid enough to say, Hey man, we're going to put you in a cage with another dude. And you're going to fight. No. I get it. I relate to it. I don't know. I understand fighting enough to know that I can't do it. And I think that's the difference with like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. But there's also something primal about it too, right? Like you beat a guy one-on-one -on -one in basketball. Are you going to feel as good about yourself as if you go out there and knock him out or you choke him out? Like that's a different level 
of like, oh, for sure. you know what I mean? Like that's a whole other level. Like it's one yeah. thing, like I hit a ball farther than you. Okay, great. But I can still knock your ass out. Like that's, that's like the ultimate, that's like the ultimate equalizer, oh, right? Yeah. Like yeah, I can hit a ball farther than you. Great. Let's, let's throw punches. Who lasts. Bro. How many fights were you in in high school? How many, how many times have you been in fights in your life? Three or four, maybe legitimate fights, like three or four, maybe. Yeah. Did you fuck them up? Uh, I would say you ever, it, you ever fuck somebody up, Damon? Uh, one time I fucked somebody up really good. Nice. One time, one time what? I fucked somebody up really good, and it was and, it was and, it was like blinding rage. It was like blinding rage, and I fucked him up really good. And have you ever been fucked up? I've been fucked up, but that's back when I actually trained and I sparred and I got fucked up. I got head kicked one time and got the shit knocked out of me. Uh, so not like any like okay. street fight. I've never been like that. No, never, never had that happen. Never had that happen. in like, I've been in sparring, fucking around and finding out. I've had that happen. Okay. So I have a whole new respect for you now because I believe every man should be in a fight at some point in his life. Maybe not every man. Like there's like my accountant. You know, this dude's about, you know, he's like 6'2", probably 140 pounds, and he, he wears khakis that, that don't even touch his ankle bones, you know? Yeah. Like, he's got his glasses are the thickest things. That, like, the legit picture of a nerd. I'm like, yeah, he he needs to stay doing what he's doing. Like, keep doing my counting. Do it really well. Yeah, you don't need to fight, you know? Like, you, you need people like me as your friend just in case, though. <laughs> but the vast majority of dudes men they should fucking fight man they, they should do it at least once in their life you know my kids on the playground well i just asked them they're in, they're going into seventh grade uh, after the summer i asked them the other day i said man how many fights y'all seen on the playground and they're like dad we ain't never seen no fights on the playground it fucking blew me away i'm <laughs> like you guys need to go pick a fight on the fucking playground <laughs> like, like, you guys can't be little pussies like that you know you gotta you gotta fucking show the hierarchy here you got to show your dominance on the fucking playground boys i remember this one time i was in school and there was this, we used to have fights every week when i was in school like at least once That's a week there I'm was saying. a fight and i remember this one there was like this one of the flies right yeah there was this one kid his first name was chad i don't remember his last name but he used to get in fights like at least once a month and he always lost like he never won a fight like he would get his ass kicked Every single solitary time he fought, he would get his ass kicked. But I remember one time him and this other dude, which sadly, if I remember correctly, is a dude I went to school with who actually ended up committing suicide a few years ago, which is very sad. But him and, and he was like, that dude was like one of the tough dudes in our class, or like super tough dude. This dude was getting the fucking brakes beat off him. The, 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 the guy who always lost. He was just getting the absolute sh dog shit kicked out of him. The teachers didn't see it fast enough, so they didn't come. So a couple students tried to get in, like break him up, because this dude was just getting his ass beat. And the dude getting his ass beat was like, no, no, leave us alone. We're fighting. Like, he didn't want them breaking it up. Now, the teachers came in and broke it up like a minute later. But even he was like, no, fuck off. I'm in a fight. And the guy was just getting his fucking ass beat. Like, he was just getting pummeled. But even he was like, no, no, don't break us up. I have a chance. He didn't have a chance. And he was just getting waylaid on. But even that, like, in that moment, there was something about his instinct where he's just like, no, no, fuck off. I want to keep fighting. Even though the dude's, like, literally pounding him in the head on the ground. And he's telling people, no, no, back off. And then, you know, the teachers broke it up, like, 45 seconds a minute later. But, like, that's just, like, that dude, that was that dude. Like, he fought every single month, and he never won. See, now I want to catch up with Chad. 
<laughs> I want to know what he's up to these days. I bet he's living fucking good life, man. I don't know, man. But yeah, there's everyone. Uh, dude, we had fights every week. Like if it went another, if it went like a week and a half without a fight, it was it was it was strange in our school. Like there was a fight every week. Yeah, same here. You know, we grew up in the country, man. And it was <laughs> like I said, there was a hierarchy on the playground. Everybody knew who was who. Like you don't fight this guy. You don't, you know, it, like prison yard or something. You know, like we all stick to ourselves. And like you go over to this group, like you're going to get in a fight. And every, like you said, every week or so. There'd be people crossing lines, right? It's like fucking Lord of the Flies, man. You got to create a hierarchy. There's a dominance. There's a, you know, you got to let everybody know who's who. I don't know how how that's come out of our world now. So, like I said, I was telling my kids, you got to go create the hierarchy and put yourself at the top. Let these motherfuckers know. <laughs> well, my, my one son, the, actually the one that doesn't uh, fight as much, really fucking really really highly intelligent kid he go he told me he goes he goes well you know there was one time i almost got in a fight he said these guys were picking on me or not picking on me but they weren't letting me play the football or something and they were pissing me off so i was about to fight them i said these guys like how many of them he's like well, there's five of them i said you're about to fight five guys or <laughs> five other kids and He's like, yeah, they don't know jujitsu or wrestling or <laughs> kickboxing. He's like, I fuck them up. I mean, he didn't curse, but he's like, yeah, I beat them up easy. And I was like, that's my boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, funny, dude. That, but that's, but that's also in all honesty, like, even though I never really, like, I never got like, you know, I, I was, I was never the kid in those like weekly fights, got into a couple of fights. And then obviously I remember, cause I always liked doing jujitsu and wrestling. And then I tried to do kickboxing and I sparred. And I was like, well, let's just, you know, fuck around Sparta. I got fucking head kicked. And that was the end of that shit. And I was like, all right, not built for kickboxing. This ain't working out too well for me. But anyways, my point being, but my point being doing that, the little bit of experience I had, like made me respect fighters that much more. Like, that's why I, that's why going back to the whole Zuckerberg Mustang, like I have enough respect for fighters to know that I have no business being in there. Uh, I, I respect what, what you guys do way too much to like dishonor it. And I'm just, I'm not built that way. Like I could defend myself. If someone wanted to start some shit, I could defend myself. And chances are in a street fight, like most idiots are going to lose. Like most idiots, like coming out with their hands up like this, with their arms out like that, they're going to get killed. You know what I mean? Like, those are the idiots. Yeah. You, well, the, the number one thing in street fights, and I preach this to all the people all the time that come to my gym for self-defense. They all, you know, they come in, they say, yeah, I just want to learn how to defend myself. I'm like, Dude, the number one thing in defending yourself is endurance, right? It, like all these skills that you learn, unless you become, you know, really good, like, you know, purple belt, um, or you've been kickboxing a couple years and wrestling, whatever, you got to do it for a long amount of time for it to be of any value whatsoever. Before that, it's all endurance. You just have to last longer than another guy. Because <laughs> how, how many fights can people last more than a minute you've done it before you've you sparred yeah like that one minute is a long fucking time to fight when you ain't never fought it is, it is really a long hard. fucking time it like is. those seconds click off very fucking slow <laughs> dude it's rough it is rough but it's so funny like when you know like you, you remember that viral video that happened like two years ago it was during the pandemic when uh, there was like these dudes got into a bar fight in Oklahoma college students. And there's like these two big football players from Oklahoma and they had to be like double the size of the guys they were fighting, but the guys they were fighting were wrestlers. 
and the guy literally just picked the dude up and chucked him over his fucking head and threw him on the floor and started punching him and then his other friend threw the other guy like we're talking like six foot two football players against like five seven wrestlers and the five seven wrestlers just chucked these dudes uh could you remember that do you remember that viral fight from the bathroom do you remember I've never that? Seen that. Oh, dude, I'll have to send it to you. But it was so, like, that's, like, that's where you, like, that's where you hold the, like, you fuck around, you find out. Like, the football players, these big, burly, six-foot-two dudes, think they're just going to, like, you know, bully the five-foot-seven little small guys. The wrestlers are like, nope, ain't going to happen. And they just chucked the dude over his head. He slammed him on the ground and started punching him. It was vicious, dude. It was so nasty. But, like, that's why, dude. Because that's a whole culture thing we have here where, you know, I follow all the Instagram people and the, the Twitter social media people all around that are all promoting strength and, you know, being a strong person. All these motherfuckers are promoting going to the gym and lifting weights. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about being strong? Like, like that's not what strength is. Like that's the ability to move something like real strength comes in fucking learning martial arts. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, all that shit makes you feel like you're stronger than someone else. Yeah. It, all... it doesn't actually make you stronger. Uh, maybe power is a better word. I'm not sure of the word for it, but it doesn't make you dominant over someone else. It just makes you be able to lift because you can lift a fucking barbell off the ground. Like, how's that going to help you when I fucking, you know, elbow your fucking orbital? Yeah. Well, you remember you, you've seen the videos like the gym challenges where like the big ripped up muscle, muscular guys will go in and like, I could box a guy and they'll go in against like a mid-level boxer and the boxer just fucks him up. Like just, yeah, I mean, it's not even like a contest like that. That no, like dude, just be, just being big and muscular ain't going to save you against like a legitimately skilled fighter. Like it's not, it's not going to end well for that big muscle up dude. Like it's just not like that's, that goes back to the whole Original UFC, Hoist Grace, this little scrawny Brazilian dude, like these big giant guys were like, oh, I could crush this little dude. And he wraps around you like an anaconda and he's got you choked out and you can't move. That's legitimate skilled martial arts versus like just being big and muscular. Like I'll take being skilled over being big and muscular any day. That's exactly it. I've had so many guys come to the gym. I'm sure every gym owner experiences this or every gym rat experiences this where the big muscular guys come in and, and, this is what happens every time, especially if you're doing like a jiu-jitsu round or or even the kickboxing round. You know, they spaz out for about 30 seconds, maybe a minute, and then they st- and then they'll tap out or they'll they'll start saying, "Okay, can we take a break or something?" And it's like, "No, motherfucker, you just had your chip. You gave everything you had to me. Now it's my turn, bitch. Like, <laughs> I allowed you to do that, and I survived it. Now you have to survive mine, motherfucker." And I never tap them out quickly. I never, you know, try to hurt them quickly or anything. I always wait till, you know, if it's a five-minute round, I'm going to wait till about the 4.15 mark, and then I'm coming after him. Now yeah. I'm going to start going for his neck, going for his arm, going for the liver. You know, I won't knock him out, you know, because I'm a nice guy like that. But, you know, I'm going to fuck his liver up, and he's going. he might piss some blood tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you remember you remember that show Bully Beatdown that used to be on MTV? Oh, and, yeah. uh, like where they always have now granted that's like obviously a much bigger mismatch when you got like a guy in there, you know, sparring with Andre Arlovsky, but still like these guys are like, I'll take a chance. Like and like in that competition, you didn't even have to win. You just had to survive. Like you didn't have to like you just had to not get tapped out, you know, and you got money. So like they're not saying you're gonna beat a professional fighter, but you have to survive and these guys took the shot and they're like, dude, you have no chance. You have 
zero chance. You have no chance to survive five minutes on the ground with Andre Orlovsky or Jake Shields or some of these guys. Like I laughed at him. Like, dude, like there's that's where you got to put your ego in check. Like I know better. I 100% know better. Like I know I know that ain't going in well for me. Dude, we should start a challenge like that where you just get you know five minutes with a pro fighter. Doesn't have to be bully beat down. Just anybody, you know, just come in and try it. Yeah, dude, it's not going to end well for anybody that's not a pro fighter. That's why I said that's, I, I keep going back to the Zuckerberg and Mustang. Like that's why when I say understand, I, what you said is right. I relate to fighting, but I relate to a fight. I relate to fighting in a way that. I respect it so much. I know better. It would be disrespectful to the sport for me to try to do it in that regard. But hey, if they want to do it, you know, whatever, more power to them. It's going to be really low level MMA. It's probably going to be hilarious or it's going to be really, really boring. Um, But, you know, as long as it goes to what I said, they want to donate all the money to charity and all the fighters get pay-per-view points. Sign me up tomorrow. I'll sign up and watch that fight right now. Everybody's going to hate that they watched it. We're all going to watch it. And (laughs) I wish that we did. Yeah, well, it's like, dude, but you remember, like, this is way different. Like, this is way, way different. But, like, people were talking themselves into Conor McGregor beating Floyd Mayweather. Like, people were talking mm-hmm. themselves into Floyd Mayweather, like, Conor McGregor legitimately having a chance to beat Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, he didn't. He didn't have a chance. He had no chance. Uh, you know, all he had was, like, you know, Floyd slipping on a banana peel and Conor catching him with a punch coming in. Like, that was his chance. Uh, but people talk themselves into it. You know what I mean? People talk themselves into it. He's got a shot. He's got a shot. So, you know, I guess, listen, dude, we will watch anything. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. People will pay to watch anything if it's interesting to them. And watching Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk throw punches at each other for two minutes is interesting. For some unknown reason, it is interesting. But I go back to what you originally said. I'll quote Matt Brown when I say this. These motherfuckers are not fighting. Come on now. like They're talking. They're not fighting. That'll be the headline, right? These motherfuckers are not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> that is the headline. I'm telling you right now, that's going to be the headline right now. It's going to be the headline for this podcast because these motherfuckers are not fighting. Come on now. Like, it's fun to it's fun to joke about, and the headlines are great, and everyone's kind of jumping all over this. But, dude, I think it's ego. I still Man, go back you can, to that. You could probably just make the headline, look, these two pussy bitches are not fighting. Like, these guys are, are, are all – they're just little soft little – they could be girls at this point. Like <laughs> – like what have they ever done um strength wise in their life you know like nothing like like Zuck did a fucking jiu-jitsu tournament all right well i got six-year-old kids that do jiu-jitsu tournaments <laughs> like like great job bro <laughs> you know well i, like, I these, respect these guys are I, fucking little pussy i respect like anyone who like, like don't, I, what I what I don't want to hear. Hopefully, hopefully you're not about to say this. What I, what I because what I don't want to hear from all these people is, oh, I respect anybody that walks in that cage. Dude, no, I know. I, I don't know if you're about to say that. No, I was not. I was dude, not about I, to say that. Good, good, because that is a terrible thing to say. Because I've met some of the stupidest <laughs> motherfuckers ever that have stepped foot in a cage <laughs> that were not ready to step in a cage. You know, I was one of them, as a matter of fact. You know, like I was that guy when I first started. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, my first fight, I was coked out of my mind and never trained a day in my life. So <laughs> I was that stupid motherfucker. Fortunately, it worked out for me. For for 99.9%, it's not fucking working out. So don't tell me, like, you just respect anybody that walks in a cage, which you weren't going to tell me. But when people say that, it drives me up the fucking wall. Now, I respect anyone that is able to get to a, a decent level, 
right? And, and, you know, they've been through some adversity and things like that, but just to step in the cage, there's a huge difference between courage and stupidity. Yeah. What I respect, I respect anyone who respects martial arts. Like you want to learn martial arts. That's cool. Yeah, there you go. Like I respect that. Like I respect that, that, that Mark Zuckerberg is like seriously enthusiastic about learning jujitsu. I get that. That's awesome. Like that's really cool. And I know a lot of people and I'm sure you're the same way, Matt. Like I've talked to people because a lot of people like who run gyms, yourself included, like I would say probably the vast majority of the people who train at your gym, they're never going to be fighters. Like they're not, that's not what they're there for. They're there to learn jujitsu, kickboxing, self-defense. They're not there because they want want to go to the UFC now do you have that absolutely but that like I was at American Top Team which is a massive gym in Florida and I was there during pro day and there's a lot of pros training but also know like the vast majority of people who train there there's kids classes there's kids wrestling classes there's you know intermediary kickboxing classes like those people and I respect all the people who just enjoy martial arts. That's awesome. Like, dude, more people should. I agree. Like, I'm with you. Everyone should do it. Like, that's really cool. I respect the hell out of Mark Zuckerberg for being enthusiastic about wanting to learn jujitsu and do it. That's awesome. Doesn't mean you're a fighter. Doesn't mean you're a UFC fighter. Doesn't mean you should be in the cage. That's exactly right. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That's a great point right there. I, re- I also have respect for Mark Zuckerberg for doing that because it does take balls to walk into a gym for a consistent amount of time. Walk in there one day, it doesn't take a lot of balls. But to get in there, get beat up, come back and do it again. I don't know who is training him. I, I forget who's training him. Dave, uh, Dave, Dave Camarillo, the jiu-jitsu yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I can't imagine that Dave Camarillo is taking it easy on him completely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he is a little bit. He's like, it is a fucking good payday, right? Like, well, he's a white belt. Know, I mean, how how much are you supposed to push a white belt, anyways? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's a yeah. black belt level jujitsu guy. He ain't in there rolling with Gordon Ryan for Christ's sake, you know? Like, he's a white belt, like, right? But still, even even white belts, you got you know, if it's a normal guy, like you're gonna push him, right? And so I assume he's getting pushed and he's getting sore. You know, he's feeling some pain, getting you know some uh, rash from the gi, you know, his fingers are probably getting beat up a little bit from the gi, things like that. And he's coming back the next day. That's what I respect because that does take a little bit of willpower, a um, little bit of drive, a little bit of dedication. Um, we'll see how long he does it, you know, because, uh, you know, the long journey is what what builds a lot more respect. You know, like, like the longer you do it, the more respect you earn. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but I do respect, I, I agree with you on that. I respect that he's into the martial arts and, and it's promoting uh, the martial arts also. So that's, that's better than, than, you know, promoting some silly fight. That's not going to happen. And that's far, and that's a far cry from saying I'm going to step in and fight it up. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're talking about. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm not saying that I say I respect him. For enjoying martial arts, I wish everybody did. I I think it's awesome. I think trying martial arts is amazing, and I love it. And um, it's it's a great experience. But yeah, like there's a far cry from that to like I'm gonna step in and do battle with another person in the cage. Um, like you said, that's a whole different animal. It's a whole different animal, bro. That's exactly it. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think it'd be cool if he gets the sport out there more and gets more people involved. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people might see that. And they'll see like oh this fucking rich ass dork is doing jujitsu maybe i should go try it so that could be good for me and my business yeah but then thinking this rich ass dude is gonna fight in the ufc maybe i can do that that's probably not gonna happen that's a whole yeah, which, <laughs> like even in my own gym like 
I don't always follow these rules strictly, but I tell guys like, you know, before you even fight, like you should be a purple belt. Like you should be, you know, do a couple of years of kickboxing, amateur fights, blah, blah. This motherfucker is a white belt going to the UFC. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking nuts, right? Well, like I said, unless they're going to give you pay-per-view points, that's where you get me in. You get me interested with that, and that's only because it benefits other fighters. If it doesn't benefit the other fighters, I'm I'm out. I got no interest in that. I mean, dude, that's like I said, dude. I've yeah. seen I've seen enough. I've seen enough bad uh, bad. I've seen I've seen bad fights on like legitimately good regional shows. Like I've been to regional shows where it's like some really bad low level MMA, mm-hmm. really bad low level MMA, and that's guys who actually do train. Like guys who legitimately train, they're just not good. And I've seen that plenty of times where I've been to regional shows. I'm like, oh boy, this is this is rough. Well, that's a great point too. I mean, if, if people want to see what they're kind of in store for, like go to your local amateur show and see how terrible the fucking fights can be. I mean, there'll probably be a couple good fights on there and a couple good fighters here and there, but the majority of them are going to be fucking idiots. And this is what you're going to be watching when you see Elon Musk and Zuck. You know, well, they're not going to fight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. How is it, dude? We got we got UFC fights. We got big fights coming up every weekend. We get stuck talking about Zuckerberg and Musk because it's all anyone's talking about right now. It's all anyone's talking about this past like few three or four days. About. I know, dude. That's all anyone's talking about these past three or four days. Like Dana's talking. Dude, Dana's done like four interviews talking about it. <laughs> I love it. So that's our sport. That's that's who that's that's how we roll. That's how we roll. We talk about Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Elon Musk, and we talk about Ilya Taporia. Uh, putting on an incredible performance against Josh Emmett or the fuckery that happened in the PFL this past weekend. But, you know, people want to know about Elon Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg. So, hey, there yeah, you, you go. got to talk about Elia Taporia, man. This dude looked fucking amazing last dude. week. Is he, uh, is he the guy? Could he be the guy to to be, to, to dethrone Volkanovsky? I mean, he certainly has a lot of the tools to do it, I think. Um, you know, Volk is a motherfucker, though. So, it's, you know, he... Volk is one of those guys that is able to do things against guys that you don't think he's going to be able to do against them. You know, like Islam, for instance, right? Like he did a lot of things that we never thought, we didn't really think Volk would be able to do what he did. Uh, yeah, he's so good. He's so good, man. Yeah, like that's and, that's and, the... and good and, and adaptable. You know, he's an adaptable guy, you know, so... It's just hard to pick against him, but Taporia looked like he has all the tools to make about anything happen in this sport. Yeah, I liked that it went five rounds, too, because Taporia hadn't really done that before, and we got to see him go, and he still had gas in the fifth round. Like, he didn't look like he was done at all. That's important. But like I said, man, you never know, because if you would have said five years ago or four years ago, I don't know the timeline of it, when Max Holloway was champion, I said, no, listen, Alexander Volkanovsky is really good. He's not beating Max Holloway. They beat him three times. Right now, I'd say, I love Yair Rodriguez. I don't think he's going to beat Alexander Volkanovsky. We'll break down that fight in a couple weeks when it happens. Uh, but like I said, right now, I'm like, I don't think anyone at Featherwood's going to beat Alexander Volkanovsky, but... I said the same thing with Max Holloway. There's never a never in the sport. Like you can never say never in this sport. And as good that's as Alexander Volkanovsky is, Ilya Taporia might be the guy to finally get have his number. You just don't know. And like I said, I can admit that. Like I didn't think Volkanovsky would beat Holloway. I picked Holloway all three times. And and, and, and Volkanovsky beat him every single time. Yeah, no, I'll tell you what uh, what would be a really, really interesting matchup. Not that Volk and Taporia wouldn't be, but uh, Vulcan, uh, Yair Rodriguez, 
like just the stylistically, like I, I think that would be an amazing fight. Um, it just crossed my mind. I didn't even think about that, but I, I think that would actually be, boy, that would be a fire matchup, man. You that mean you mean a, you mean to pour to pour to pour in your ears? That you mean? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I think yeah. You said you said Volk, but yeah, Topori and, and Yair. I agree. Oh, that would yeah, that would be a fire matchup. That would be absolute fire, man. Um and just the way they're built, the way they move and everything, that would be absolutely a barn burner. Um but that's not a take away from Volk. I mean, just but matchup wise, that just excites me a little bit more. You know, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that right now, dude, the top of that division is so good. Like, imagine Holloway and Toporia. That would be a really fun fight. Like, that's a really interesting matchup, yeah. too. Like, to, the way Holloway just hits you for, like, he's like the death by a thousand cuts. Like, that guy will just hit you in your face for 25 minutes yeah. and land 400 significant strikes. But then Toporia just coming at you with power. His jab looked good. He had a really nasty jab on Saturday, which was super impressive. He just jabbed the hell out. And he did damage with his jab. Like, he busted up Emmett's eye with his jab like that was all jab uh which is such an underutilized weapon at times in mma topori and holloway would be a great fight yeah which is what makes it really interesting because you know yeah I, i've always i think if him has a weakness um topori exposed it right like he he doesn't move his head well um you know he gets he can be jabbed a lot like that is hopefully he goes and fixes that you know, I love Josh Emmett, and I hope nothing but for the, the best for him. Uh, but I think that was a weakness that was exposed. Can he do that against Volkanovski? Can he do that against Yair Rodriguez? Can he do it against Max Holloway, these other guys? Um, that's yet to be seen. That's I think that's the main thing that makes it so exciting. I think that's the next level, right? Because where Josh Emmett is, Josh Emmett, I think the UFC had him ranked number five. And I mean, and I'm with you, man. Josh Emmett's awesome, incredible fighter. But like Josh Emmett's that next level. It's like going in a video game. Like, you know what I mean? Like you got through the one boss and Josh Emmett. Now you're on to like the final three bosses. Like you're on to Volkanovski, Holloway, and, and Yair. Like those are the final three bosses. And that's just a different level in and of itself, right? Like Emmett's incredibly good. You pass that test. Now you got a three-headed monster ahead of you. You know what I mean? Like that's a whole other level. And we're going to find out. But dude, I'm big on Ilya Tapori, man. That kid's a monster. He hits so hard. But this last weekend really showed me something about him being able to go five rounds and do it the way he did it deep in that fifth round because Emmett just Emmett would not fucking go away dude he just would not back down it was insane like some of the shots he took and kept coming uh and Taporia never got like demoralized by it he never got tired you know he never like showed like signs of slowing down like dude he he had him mounted and like dropping hammers on him and you're like dude he's gonna be gassed out no he kept going like I was so shocked because like that adrenaline dump of coming that close to getting a finish and he just kept coming I was like damn like that's super impressive yeah he showed a lot of professionalism and looked like a you know calculated veteran in there you know what i mean but he's still got a lot of youth in him and but he looked very experienced you know so i thought he showed a lot of great things uh, can't wait to see him fight these these next bosses man this is gonna be a great time now, who's ranked number four in that division is that I max uh hold on i have to look real quick here in the ufc rankings hold on uh at featherweight it is uh volkanovsky's champ yair rodriguez max holloway brian ortega arnold allen and josh emmett that's the top five so brian ortega and arnold allen still technically ahead of him in terms of like the rankings okay yeah so it's an interesting division man that's a 
that's going to be an exciting division for a long time to come. And I think Brian Ortega is sort of the dark horse in that whole thing where he can still, he, he has the ability to beat all these guys. He just, you know, something has always been missing for him. Just that, you know, just little something tiny, you know, even with like Volkanovski, like how close was he to finishing him or, you know, um, Max Holloway, obviously had like a lot of problems with, but I think he's sort of a dark horse, man, that could kind of come out and have his day. He had that unfortunate injury with Yair. We really didn't get to see that fight. You know what I mean? Like that was kind yeah. of a bummer. He got injured. We didn't get to see it. But yeah, I agree. Ortega, because when Ortega came back, he lost to Max. He came back and absolutely beat the brakes off the Korean zombie. Like he just, and it was all striking. Like he was out there just out striking him. And it was a brilliant performance. I really wish we had gotten to see him fight Yair for, for real because he got injured and we just never got to see the fight. Um, I hope he, I know he's, I know he's supposed to be coming back later this year. I've heard rumors about maybe him fighting Giga Chikadze, which is a real super interesting fight. So that's fun. Um, maybe he fights Arnold Allen when he comes back. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm with you. Ortega's a beast, man. At his best, Ortega can beat anybody. I mean, when he's on his number, he can beat anybody. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And, uh, yes, and I'll – boy, that is a fucking loaded division, isn't it? That's, a, Fe- that's an exciting division, man. Featherweight's good, and then my personal favorite, man, best division in mixed martial arts right now, I think it's the bantamweight division. I mean, bantamweight is so much fun right now uh, across the sport because, dude, we got Sergio Pettis going to fight Patchy Mix later this year. That's going to be an incredible fight. I am so high on Patchy Mix. I think he might be, like, legitimately, like, top two or three. Like, I don't know if I put him number one yet, but he's right there. Aljamain fighting Sean O'Malley. Henry Cejudo fighting Sheeta Vera. That's a good one. Corey Sandhagen fighting Umar Nurmagomedov. That one's got to be a heartbreaker for you, Max. I know you like Umar, but I know Corey Sandhagen's your guy. Like, Corey Sandhagen, Umar Nurmagomedov, that's a fucking fight. That is a fucking fight, boy. Yeah. I mean, how, how much props can you give to Corey Sandhagen for taking that fight, too? Like, what a ballsy guy, man. Just a, And I've I known him for a long time, and I knew how he was back in the day. You know, he's just stayed true to who he is, man. He's a warrior through and through. He's going to show, um, you know, he's just going to – he's got a lot of heart, man. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to take this fight, I don't think, but he's going out there putting his balls on the line. So, I love him, man. Oh, I, I absolutely adore I mean, I love – I've had Corey Sanhagen on the show before, and I've interviewed him many, many times. Corey's a great guy. Corey is that dude. Like, he's the dude who will step up. Like, he didn't, he doesn't really, I mean, that, obviously you gain something every time you win a fight, but, like, he doesn't have nearly as much to gain as, as uh, Umar does. You know what I mean? Like, Umar right. gets a huge jump up in the rankings. If he can beat Corey, what does Corey really gain? You know, I think he's like, I think Corey's like five and Umar's like 11. You know what I mean? Like, Corey doesn't get a big bump for beating Umar. Now, is Umar a great talent and people like us know how good he is? Yeah. But, you know, does he does that mean that like Corey gets as much? No. But dude, the balls to take a fight like this, that's just a lot. Like because to me, to me, Cejudo and, and Sanhagen would have been a better fight. Maybe you put Cheeto in there with, with Umar, you know what I mean? Like something like that would have made more sense. But for Corey to say, Yeah, give me Umar, dude, that says a lot about who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. So um is that fight going to be uh, July 4th weekend? Which one? The Aljo O'Malley. That's August 19th. That's Boston, UFC 292. So that's that's August 19th. Corey is August 5th with Umar. And then Cejudo and Cheeto is also on August 19th. It's on the same card as Aljo and O'Malley. 
What do we got coming up for July 4th weekend? July is going to be Yair Rodriguez and Volkanovski, Alexander Volkanovski, and Brandon Moreno and Alessandre Pantoja. That's that card coming up. That's that uh, UFC 290. That's coming up in a couple weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they don't have one on July 4th weekend? That's the weekend. July 4th on a Tuesday. It's that Saturday. So it's that yeah, Saturday. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Saturday. And then. Yeah. At the end of July, we got uh, end of July. We got Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje too. We got Jan Blahovich and Alex Pereira, um, and Paulo Costa's coming back. So yeah, that that's the end of July. So we got a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of big fights coming up. Is Costa fighting Hamza? Right? No, he's fighting some other Russian dude. I can't remember his name. And I last I heard, I think it's still happening. But yeah, some other Russian dude. Um, oh God, what's his name? I feel terrible forgetting his name. Here, hold on one second. I'll tell you for sure. Let's see. Yeah, get on your game, Damon. I know, I know. He's fall. Oh, yeah, Tony Ferguson's fighting Bobby Green. That's it. Uh, Paulo Costa is fighting Ikram Ali Skaroff is his name. Okay. I remember I watched some highlights of that dude. Yeah, he's a fucking beast, right? Yeah, he beat. So he actually lost to Hamza back in 2019 uh, in, in Brave. But since then, he hasn't lost. And he came into UFC. He only has one fight in the UFC. He knocked out Phil Halls in two minutes. Um, in his debut, and yeah, now he's getting Paulo you know. Costa, but he's like a multi-time like Sambo champion. Like you know, he's one of those dudes who's got like a huge Sambo background. His only loss came to Chamayev uh, in 2019, but outside of that, he's won every fight. And yeah, it was a weird fight that they made it, but Ikram Ali Skarov seems like a legit dude. Why he's getting Paulo Costa in a second fight, I don't really understand, but whatever. Yeah, well, boy, we got a fucking lot of stacked cards. We're going to be talking about this month, huh? Dude, we got a lot, man. I can't wait. It's good. Like I said, it's always fun when you got like just a lineup of good fights coming up. It's just fun to know what's coming, dude. There's a lot of good. And Poirier gets you too, dude. That's coming up in July. How's the like? That's a fight we only have to talk about. We just know it's gonna be fucking bonkers, <laughs> dude. That's fucking exciting, right? What What's the date for that one? July 29th. That's in uh in Utah. Yeah, in Utah. So. That's gonna be that's uh, dude, yeah, that's yeah. the same day as uh, Crawford and Spence. It's the same date as Crawford Spence. Crawford Spence and and Poirier Gaethje the same day. Boy, that's a hell of a night of combat sports, man. I cannot yeah. wait for that. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's gonna be Who great. You, got, Poirier? you know, <sighs> man, my head says Poirier. I just think Poirier is that good, but my gut says Gaethje for some reason. I don't know why. I just. I don't know. There's just something about Gaethje's mentality lately where I really dig his mentality and I really dig like where he's at in his career. And I love to fight with Fiziev. Like him beating Fiziev the way he did showed a lot. Cause dude, I, you were, you and me both were super high on Fiziev. And for Gaethje to go out there and beat him the way he did, I was like, damn, that's super impressive. So my head says Poirier, but my gut and what I'm going to go with is my gut. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Gaethje. You know, I wish I could have explained it better than you did but i think you said it perfectly i feel the exact same way about that fight there's yeah. just something about it there, there's there's not i can't even explain it but there's something that says man like i think gagey's got this one um but at the same time it's like dude i've probably felt that way about poirier in the past like he's a he's underestimated so many times and this dude comes through and fucking proves us all wrong like we're dumbasses yeah, Poirier is a monster, man. Like I said, Poirier is that dude, man. Like I thought, like when he rematched Connor, I like the first time, not the second time. The first time, I was like, Connor's hand speed, you know, his power in his left hand. Like I still had to believe in Connor at that point. And Poirier went out there and knocked him out in the second round. Um, 
I picked him to beat Oliveira. I picked Poirier to beat Oliveira. I did do that. I was like, I think he's going to beat Oliveira. And sure enough, Charles proved me wrong on that one. But yeah, I don't know, dude. There's just something about this one. But I, this is one of those fights where I just get to sit back and watch, man. Like I don't, dude. I don't care. It's just going to be a fucking fight. Like these two dudes are going to, these two dudes are going to take each other's soul in that cage that night. And that's what I mean. It's just going to be an amazing fight. Like, you know, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, there's no way for it not to be. With all the high level fights we got coming up, that one still just excites me the most even you know i don't want to discount the level there but those guys are just fucking dogs man <laughs> they're just dogs and they're just going to get a award it's going to be a dog fight and that's what we ultimately what we like to see but it's going to be a high level dog fight oh yeah it's gonna be amazing listen lots of great fights coming so i'm super excited about Aljamain and, and uh and o'malley in in august like i i heavily favor sterling to win that fight and i think he will but I'm still super intrigued to see it. Like, I think it's a really fun fight. And Cejudo and, and Cheeto is really fun. Um, Chris Weidman coming back from the leg injuries, fighting Brad Tavares. That's a really fun fight. So, dude, lots of good fights coming up. Yeah, we got a lot to pick apart here. I'm about to do my research and keep up with you. Well, next week, we'll be breaking down UFC 290 uh, with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Yair Rodriguez, and uh, Brandon Moreno, and uh, Alexandre Pantoja. Those two fights are coming up next weekend, so we'll be breaking that down on next week's show. So get geared up for that one. Can't wait. Let's get it, bro. All right, boys. Well, we are going to get out of here. We appreciate everyone tuning in each and every week to the show. Uh, Matt, where can people check you out? Where can they throw you some support uh, when you're not doing the podcast? Oh, I'm always doing the podcast, but <laughs> I am immortal on Twitter and Instagram at the immortal coffee, you know, the best coffee in the world, make excuses, not coffee at the immortal coffee.com. Uh, same on Twitter and Instagram and, uh, yeah, check me out on all those, man. Let's go. Absolutely. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll do our UFC 290 preview going into that card coming up uh, next weekend, which is going to be phenomenal international fight week. Uh, always fun to talk about. So we'll be breaking down those fights next week. Uh, obviously, always check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, over on the best website in the world, MMAfighting.com. We will see you next week for another edition of The Fighter versus The Writer. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 